You know, it's really difficult uh, because you got you got the don't ask, don't tell, which is the <laughs> older, like the later 30s, 40s, 50s. Then you got us between like 25 and 35 who are stuck in between the don't ask, don't tell generation and the loud and proud and don't give a mm -hmm. fuck generation. So it's like, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I think it's unfortunate that artists have to subscribe to this heterosexuality and then pull the trigger. Um, like Frank Ocean, like Tevin Campbell, mm -hmm. like Little Nas X. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley, and I'm so happy you came by. The Queerly Black Show aims to normalize the everyday existence of Black, LGBTQIA plus individuals through an interview-style series with regular folks like you and me. So every week, a new guest shares their story and unique perspective on their existence as an LGBTQIA plus individual. Thank you for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe, download, set your reminders to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Enjoy the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'm here with a very, very special guest, Mr. Julian King. Tell the people about yourself. I'm Julian King. I'm 29. I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I'm a singer, songwriter, uh, engineer, vocal producer, arranger, and dancer. Awesome. Very, very much into the arts. <laughs> love, <For> love, sure. <laughs> love, love the creative expression. Love, love the hair, love the beard. You. you got Thank the, you know you. what I'm saying? I recognize the Philly beard immediately. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> got to represent, represent. Um, so awesome. So, um, you know, I, I mean, your music is definitely very much, um, you know, I think a big part of uh, what you're, what you're doing right now. Um, very progressive, but um, what was what was your journey to this point? So we'll go all the way back to the beginning, um, as I do with everybody, and just talk about those first. Um, when were when was your first uh, encounter with your sexuality? Oh, my first encounter. So not like when you let people in, but when you understood that, like, hmm. Well, I was young. And I guess I was just doing what little boys were doing, comparing penises and touching butts and laughing and running. And then it was like, oh no, this is kind of cute, but wait, <laughs> I'm like a child and I'm just so naive and young. Um, but I remember being very young, thinking that like, oh, this is like, what I'm hearing and how I'm feeling are two different things. And I'm not mature enough to be able to uh, unpack that right now yeah. and so I just suppressed it um, but I was very young I mean I, I can remember <clears throat> I can remember as young as like first grade I used to have this friend named Ralph and me and Ralph used to be a bit too friendly <laughs> more friendly shout than out you to and Ralphie. Uh... <laughs> shout out to Ralphie <laughs> You you more more friendly than you and your friend named Ashley. <laughs> yeah, okay, that part, that part. Yeah. yeah, I remember being super young and just knowing that something was different. But like I said, I was young, and and I, to unpack that at such a young age, I, I didn't have the wherewithal to do that. Yeah, just it's um too young. Yeah, yeah too young for sure. for sure. Yeah, so your um elementary school. You go through middle school, high school. Go through middle school, um, elementary school. 
I, I, I kind of just like had friends that I was like, oh, he's like really handsome, but like, I don't know why I keep feeling like he's handsome. This is like weird. Um, middle school, nothing really. Like I was kind of just trying to find the whole girlfriend route. Um, it's actually so funny. I just had a sit down conversation with one of my ex-girlfriends in middle school. And that was, that's a key. So that video is gonna be coming out soon. Um, but then it was, then I got to high school and I, I went to a creative and performing arts high school, which is literally like going to an LGBT conservatory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I was experimenting a little bit, but I just was so young still, like not knowing what I wanted to do with my life or like what really made sense because I grew up in church and in the city of Philadelphia, my family's church was like one of the churches. So I'm just still like, uh, I'm having this feeling. I don't really know what this is. It wasn't until I was like 25 um, that I went into. Now, mind you, okay, so when I was in college, that's when I kind of like started to pique the most interest. And as I was leaving college, I was like, okay, I think, I think I might be gay, but like, I don't know how this is gonna go for me. So let me just like live my life, but not, I wasn't DL. I just was living very privately. I was a very private person. Um, and still to this day, I am like, what Instagram sees of me is not a clear depiction of my actual factual life. Um, I kind of give them what I want when I want to give it to them. And I just was living my life. Yeah. Um, I had a boyfriend, I was dating. Um, and then I took a job in China, was over there touring for a year. And I turned 25 and I was just like, something has got to give. I refuse to be like in my 30s and 40s and 50s unhappy. And I only have one life to live. Like I got to live this shit. And if I'm if I'm gonna live it, I want to live it happy. Um, I want to be an example to my sisters, my brothers, my family. Um, and so that's when I kind of started. When I got back from China, I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just start letting y'all in because clearly there's a part of me that y'all don't know." Um, and my brother kept always like, "You never invite me anywhere. You never. I want to meet these friends. You never." Da, 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 da. And so I just started doing it like naturally, like, okay, you wanna come out with me? Well, I'm going to the gay club. Okay, you wanna come to this party? All right, well, this is one of my, you know what I mean? Like it started happening in little increments like that. And the next thing I know, I finally was able to blend my, my cousins and my siblings with like my friends and my career and like my love life. It's, it's kind of all like meshing now. And before I used to keep it very separate um, just as a way to, I don't know whether I was separating church and state or whether I just was like, still had that private mentality. Mm -hmm. um, but I feel like I didn't really have this big old kumbaya, hey everybody, I'm gay moment. Cause mm -hmm. I had, I kind of already been like living my life for years and I had a whole relationship. Um, so by the time I started letting people in around 2019, my life has just kind of gotten better, like a lot better in more ways than I could have ever imagined. Yeah, because um, now the, the lines aren't, there's no like, it's just my life. 
and it's yeah, just flowing the way up. that uh, yeah. I don't have to and worry about environment and like, wait, can I be myself here and not be myself there? What's, being what's able going to on? show up yeah. um, however I feel like showing up is the best. Yeah. You know, I believe that my masculine and my feminine coexist very beautifully. And sometimes I'm feeling more feminine. Sometimes I'm feeling more masculine. And I can show up around my father, my brothers, my cousins, like that. Yeah. That is like, that's total freedom to me. Yeah. And once you, once you decided to kind of, uh, you know, let your family into those parts of your life, um, was that process, was that a hard reconciliation or was it a pretty natural oh, one in no. terms of your parents? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I think my mom took it um like she was it was like a little weird for a year it, it wasn't like I could call her she wouldn't answer but it wasn't really given like she, and she admits it we had a whole conversation afterwards um she was kind of like in total shock but she's had to like learn to kind of love me for who I am and not who she thought I would be yeah um and it's kind of like double the trouble because my little sister's gay too mm-hmm. so it's given very much all right girl you got it's that uh okay. that tiktok video where the uh it was like the um not that your mom is uh, homophobic but i guess like the mom was homophobic and then the three kids come behind and they're all gay <laughs> have you ever seen that video i've never seen that <laughs> it was i can't remember the song it was one of those videos it was like when my mom was homophobic but then and then all the three of the kids start bouncing behind her <laughs> and they're all, all gay right. it's crazy i will say that um i feel like a lot of my relationships with my siblings and cousins um, have gotten a lot stronger because of it and now we, we it's kind of like all of, especially my cousins group like I feel like all of us have finally found our character and we can like play Tekken now like we we all we all are showing up to each other and for each other in our most authentic way and it's fun now to like kind of meet re-meet my cousins and their yeah. older selves you know what I mean yeah for sure um so when did you, so your music career, first of all, you have an amazing voice. Thank you so um, much. Your, do you remember like your first song that explicitly talked about your sexuality? Um, to be completely honest. <clears throat> so it's been an interesting journey because at the time that um, my very first project, Sing For You, came out. I was still dealing with women. And at the time, I was like, I was just an, becoming an artist. I was referencing a lot of songs for a lot of different artists. And that first project was almost like an entire project of songs that did not get picked. Like my very first single from that project was No Strings. That song was meant for Trey Songs, but Trey Songs didn't want it, so I ended up getting it. Um, Another song, Unforgettable, was meant for Jacob Lattimore, but he didn't, his team didn't take it, so I took it. Um, <clears throat> and I didn't really, I was talking about women and the the voice was there, the music was there, the art was there, but it just still wasn't, the connectivity just wasn't, right? So then I, I this was around the time that I had my boyfriend and my team was not trying to like, have it. and I remember at the time my manager was like yo you gotta stop having all these gay dudes backstage like this shit is 
Aki. And I, I looked at him and I looked at myself in the mirror and was like, yeah, no, this not going to work. It was that moment, for real, for real. I was like, yeah, this is, I, how dare I tell the people that bring me the most joy in my life, <laughs> tell these people that they can't, nah, I'm, I'm not, I'm good on that. So I ended up firing them. And that's what kind of led, I broke up my boyfriend, my lease was up, I left my job. That's what kind of led me to go to China. I get back from China and I'm in the Motown show. I do the voice, I um, traveling back and forth. And then I come up with Made in China. Now Made in China, I really credit that year because I really got to just think about what I wanted for my life and how I wanted to come off, what I wanted to sing about. Um, and everything was kind of like gender neutral in that project, Ex except for one record um, called I Care. I think I still mention, like I say like girl or some shit like that, um, but it's very loose. It's not, it's not too intentional. Mm -hmm. It was very gender neutral. Um, and I was scared when I released that project because I wasn't really saying a bunch of baby this girl, you want to bitch, I want to, you know, it wasn't really giving that. Yeah. It was giving like, I's, we's, you's, us. Um, and the response was great. So I was like, hmm, okay, maybe we could dive a little deeper. So then I released Takeout, which is an EP, which is kind of like an extension of that project. Because at the time, like, that Made in China was getting its height. I was performing. I just won a USA a Songwriting Competition Award. Brandy was at my last show. I'm working with Jay-Z's people. Like, it was, like, moving. Then the pandemic hit. So I released that project as, like, an extension of, like, thank y'all for still fucking with me. Oh, I'm sorry. Can we get some stuff? Thank y'all for still, like, rocking with me during this pandemic. And I started sprinkling in some, some he's. And I started working with some of the ballroom girls. And, you know, I'm, like, I'm, like tiptoeing. I'm, like, mm -hmm. okay. And then I was just like, honestly, fuck it. I do everyone around me and myself a disservice by not showing up authentically. And whatever that is, you know what I mean? Like I said, sometimes I feel like my feminine comes out more than my masculine and vice versa. Um, Gone Do, which I released last July, was probably the first depiction of like, oh shit, okay, he's really, really talking about niggas. Like, I think I say niggas like maybe six, seven, eight times. And the response was great. Now, around that time, I had also kind of went viral for a double dutch video. And I had just got published into uh, Italian Vogue. So like things were like, it was like this thing that was happening, but I had so much other good shit happening too. It was kind of like whooshing it up. Um, but can we go back, mm -hmm. which came out in January, really shook the girls. That video. Um, because I, I, I released the Baby. video. Baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to, I wanted, this was the very first time um, that I'm showing a very clear reflection, like very precise reflection of what I actually went through. I, when I, in my old song, I kind of talked from a very broad point of view. But this song, no, I was talking about, and, and Gone Do, Gone Do and Can We Go Back about the same nigga, which is crazy. Gone Do was when I first met him and it was like fiery and mixy and, you know, and then Can We Go Back was when it was fizzling out. But um, this is the first song and first video that people are kind of seeing me offer 
this sexuality up, I guess, or, you know what I mean? Um, and the response has been pretty incredible um, since then. It's been out maybe like two months now. Uh, we're almost at 50,000 views and I couldn't be happier to just be able to create in a space that like, one, a lot of my peers, uh, they, they feel seen and heard and understood and the music matches the, the, the quality of these other girls, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, I think it, within the LGBTQ community, the artists get a lot of bad rep for the music not being good or the music being too gay or, you know, we can't relate. So my hope is to be able to use my perspective, which is me liking guys, but also create music that any and everybody can listen to. Yeah. Um, or else we don't really reach anyone outside of our community. Right. And if you are heterosexual, you just yeah. swap out the he's and she's for whatever you yeah, need to put, just exactly. like we do. With it, when, exactly, exactly, with, with other music exactly. so you know you just do what you got to do so the visual for uh can we go back um is very very um open and mm -hmm. very uh expressive you know sh depicting your you know something that tr you truly experienced what was your mindset of like really truly being expressive in a very sexual way, you know, two guys being intimate um, and that being a part of the, the visual, what yeah. was in, and then were there any, did you have any fear or any thoughts about like potentially doing it a different way? And then the other part is it's you in the video. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, even the thought process of, around it being you versus, you know, sometimes people get actors or, you know, other people mm -hmm. to kind of depict those things. Like, what right, was that right. journey for you? Okay, so when I thought about this song, I knew it had to come after Gondu because Gondu was such a, like a summary pop. Um, I am using the same genuine, my whole life has changed, pop smoke sample. But I wanted the girls to really be able to get an understanding of who Julian was, or at least where I was coming from. Now, this song in particular, like I said, was about my, I guess you could call it my ex. It was a situation shit, but we'll just say ex for now. Um, the song was a part of like that whole process and I needed to, or not I needed to, I just wanted to be able to really beautifully tell that story of that time. Cause although we don't talk now and I, I highly doubt we ever will talk again. Um, that time was so beautiful to me and I fell in such a beautiful way. Um, it was the pandemic. So we were stuck in the house. We couldn't really go anywhere, but around the apartment, up on the roof, we smoked in the car, we went to go get food, came back, you know what I mean? Like it was given very much that. And I wanted to be able to show intimacy between two black men without it just having to be sex. Now, there are parts of the video where we were kissing and it got a little hot, but those are like flashed in because I didn't want the focus to be that. I wanted the focus to be the intimacy of like sitting on the couch and laying in bed and laughing and smoking upstairs and just those moments that a lot of people really don't get to see. Um, <clears throat> and so when I started thinking about the video, I'm like, okay, this has to take place in an apartment. 
So let's do it at the apartment. But I think I'm going to do it because I also want the girls to see that we're in a different era now. So I'm not trying to keep things very gender neutral. And I'm also not hiding. I don't want people to think that I'm hiding from who I am and what I like. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I, I put out an ad to find an actor and I found one who's actually from the West Coast. So I flew him out and we shot the video and between me and you, that was like the seventh edit because I was, I mean, baby, I was like biting my nails every time an edit came through. Um, and I was nervous just because I don't normally let people see me like that. Like I, I really try to, I really try to, I joke with my friends and say, I really try to carry myself like a lady in the streets. I really do. Like I, I really, I, no one really ever sees me in that space. Um, so it was jaw dropping for that reason as well, but he too is an Aquarius. So it was just very passionate. Um, and that's what me and that boy, my ex, like that's what it was. It was, it was passionate. It was like soft. It was warm. It was like, it was all of those things. And I wanted it to feel very cinematic, which is why we shot it in film. Um, and I was, yeah, I was very nervous before the video came out. I mean, I remember because I also didn't want people to like think this was my nigga too, especially since. <laughs> This was my first time like showing people this. I remember I posted the first video. I mean, the first photo, the promo photo, the promo photo. And I used the line, um, I just, I just want to make sure that you have anything you could ever want. And that's all I put. And it was me sitting on top of him. That was your and name baby, from that point on. <laughs> baby. And I was trying my hardest to stay silent while all of this was going on because it was building up anticipation. And then I posted another one and that that one went like viral on Twitter. And I'm like, oh shit, like, okay. And then I posted another one and then I posted the cover and it was a wrap. And then when the video came out, there was a day I was shooting the uh, Timberland campaign. And I just remember that day being so special because I finally got to a place within my music journey that I can let people see um, me in a different light, but also kind of lead in this next era of who Julian King is and what Julian King has to offer. Um, And then also so that like, there's a lot of us that don't really get seen in a beautiful light. When When I feel like, I feel like when people think about the gays, it's always like drinks, drugs, and sex. Yeah. And it's just like, either, or you better, you better, you better. Instead of like real R&B like music that you can close your eyes to and listen with your partner, whether you're hetero, homo, whatever. And it's just good music. I've worked really hard over the past two, three years um, trying to create really great music. And I'm, I'm really excited for all the music that's getting ready to come out. And even all the music that I'm like still working on for future projects, you know? Yeah. And you have a new single coming out. I do. Next week? Friday. Next Friday. Well, yeah, I guess you could say this week. Um, on April 8th. It's called Bring It Back. Um, and it is the complete opposite of Can We Go Back? Can We Go Back was very 
uh, emotional and uh, raw and passionate. This one is passionate, but is very like hot and steamy. What what is what's your thoughts on like current state of music as it relates to queer representation? So you know, all the things that go on with Lil Nas X, you know, I think one of the big, you know, one of the ones before him was like Frank Ocean. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Specifically, we can we can talk about Lil Nas X a little bit um, and his progression and just kind of just tearing down the barriers. Like he's just like, you know, unapologetic, very creative, visual. Uh, what are your thoughts on the current state? Um, I think as artists, it's our duty to reflect the times. And I love Little Nas's like this. He 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 has the spirit of this new generation, which is really like, don't give a fuck. Um, this fearlessness, this androgynous avant-garde, like barrier-breaking thing. Um, unfortunately, I think we are like a little far in age, at least a solid five, six years, seven years. So like, it's hard for me to relate to kind of like where he's at just because I'm a little bit more experienced in my game, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, but I love that, like, we have someone finally that's sitting next to these girls. Um, I, 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 unfortunately, I think that we don't quite have someone that, like when you think of black gay artists, RuPaul, Todrick Hall, Big Frida, Saucy, even Little Nas, they're very specific niches mm-hmm. within the music realm, but there really isn't an artist that just creates great music that like any and everybody can relate to. Um, And I don't think that that's everyone's job to. I believe that that's my job to do that. And that's why I work so hard to create music that like, I, I consider myself like a bridge between our community and other communities. I'm not really looking to be a gay superhero. I'm looking to kind of like take what we have into the other spaces and really get the people to start like opening up their hearts and their minds more to receive all that life really has to give, which is more than the hetero experience. Yeah. Um, I love all nasty, saucy songs. I love, I love some of the records off of Little Nas's project. I love that we are getting more representation and like people are getting it. Um, I think that at the end of the day, it's just all about the music. And the music has to be good enough to be able to transcend and leave our community and like garner the attention of the others in order to really make an impact. And because like what we've been doing so far, it's been working, but it hasn't been working because we still have not reached a lot of people, you know? And unfortunately, like a lot of the current, gay music is really just too gay for a lot of people or it's too they they don't understand it they can't relate they're not wearing hair nails feet toes like they they can't relate to that they don't have that 
that inner gay like we mm-hmm. do. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> that's so. <laughs> that's sauce. Um, so I like, and my music it doesn't necessarily have technically like that sauce, but it has the sauce that I possess. Um, which is why I'm just so proud of it because now we can like really start reaching people who wouldn't necessarily listen to gay music. Like for instance, this record next Friday is super sexy. I could see this shit being played in like strip clubs, like straight strip clubs and um, like niggas blasting the shit because it's just a bomb ass beat. It's a bomb ass melody and it just sounds hella good. and that to me is like the work that I feel like we need to do, which I don't have a problem spearheading that. Yeah. Um, because yes, it's good to make music for us, but we got a lot of people to reach. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. What What do you think about like, uh, so like Tevin Campbell comes out and uh-huh. it's like, you know, he's gay, right? Uh-huh. And now Tevin Campbell's made one of the biggest R&B songs of our lifetime in history it's a a cultural literally right do you think that stuff like that changes the way people feel about the music um because he's kind of from a different generation right like you know yeah niggas niggas still gonna sing that absolutely (laughs) niggas still singing luther vandross absolutely um knowing full well he was gay you know luther was right i think for a lot of people one of those like just kind of a don't ask don't tell situation it was like and and they and they were from that generation Mm -hmm. you know it's really difficult uh because you got you got the don't ask don't tell (laughs) the older like the later 30s 40s 50s then you got us between like 25 and 35 who are stuck in between the don't ask don't tell generation and the loud and proud and don't give a Mm -hmm. fuck generation so it's like you know what I mean Mm -hmm. um I think it's unfortunate that artists have to subscribe to this heterosexuality and then pull the trigger um like Frank Ocean like Tevin Campbell mm-hmm. like Little Nas X but Little Nas just ended up having the biggest record or the most streamed record of all time in his arsenal so at that point he could do whatever the fuck he wanted to do mm-hmm. his label's gonna let him do whatever he wants mm-hmm. so of course it was the perfect time to mm-hmm. you know yeah, no, come absolutely. out and really make a splash. I think that people were kind of fucked up when Frank Ocean did it. They were like, "Damn!" Like, it, it was it caused a lot of controversy. I remember that time. Yeah. Um, but I think it's so unfortunate that artists, gay male artists, black gay male artists, even have to do this. It's yeah. so it's exhausting. Wow. It is it's crazy. exhausting for me, and I didn't even have to do that. All right, and you're yeah, because yeah. you're you know you're you're you your sexuality is a part of you already it's not a you're not denying it and then later gonna come back and say hey actually there's this other part that i want to tell you guys about um and, and i, I and remember, i do i'm so sorry ahead. no you good. i do i do remember when i released my first project sing for you and i like i was still dealing with women but i actually was like dealing with women it wasn't like me just trying to cover up like my real sexuality. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily consider myself bisexual. I think I identify as gay now. I mean, I do still think that women are beautiful. And if I do get drunk enough, I probably might make out with you, but it's not really given. Like, you know what I mean? I'm about to be your husband. <laughs> yeah, it's given. Hey, sis. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> I feel you. Um, but I, I remember like in, uh, in school when Frank Ocean's album came out, um, I was in grad school and I used to ride to school, to campus with two of my friends, both guys and very mm-hmm. much hetero guys. Um, you know, both are married now, you know, and everything. So we used to ride and listen to Frank Ocean. This was when it came out. And so, you know, Forrest Gump, you got all the joints, right? And they loved the album. Mm-hmm. And that one song, it was like, they just was like, yeah, man, I ain't gonna be it. But they love the song and it's like, just change the words. But for, you right. know, just that. It's still hard for a lot yeah, of people. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's very hard interesting. For a lot. We, we got a long way to go. But I, I do believe that if the music is right, the rest will follow. Yeah. Yeah, because they acknowledge that. They like, yo, nah, that's hard. Like, that's, but again, that can... age range of like, you know, we kind of are, I, I, I kind of consider us like the conservative progressives. Like all of our straight friends are like, well, I'm cool with you with however you want to do it. But like, uh, you know what I'm saying? They kind of have their own process. Um, and then, you know, you have us uh, who are in the, the, the queer community who are like, okay, we all are just going to pick up whatever mantle we want to, we need to pick up to push the conversation forward. Um, and so I think it's very much a loaded thing. And um, I think we'll continue to make progress. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. So keep doing what you're doing, man. I think it's, it's, it's very um, it's amazing. It's brave. It's good. You. you know, the music is good. Um, I think, you know, you're going to definitely go very far, you know, and you're Philly, you're from Philly. So you're tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Cool, man. So um, we've reached the end and I have two questions for you. Okay. One question is, if you had a theme song for your life, what would it be? Ooh. A theme song for my whole life or like right now? You can pick which, whichever one. A theme song for my entire life would be My Heart Will Go On by Celine Dion. Or maybe You Mean the World to Me by Tony Braxton. Like I'm a real, I'm a real lover. Ooh, I love that song. Um, but right now it's probably getting weak by Flo Millie. <laughs> it'd be like that <laughs> it'd be like that week. it'd be like that this week. it's so it's so difficult dating mm. like i don't know what it's like dating gay women but dating gay black men oh it's, it's you guys deep. have a, a journey it's definitely yeah you, you 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 my heart goes out to you guys all the time because i know that it's tough um i have a lot it's of tough. you know gay friends and i hear the stories it's very very interesting um for women too it's definitely tough but i think there are a lot of things that i think black men in particular are up against um Mm -hmm. that make make that much more challenging so Mm -hmm. definitely but you'll find somebody you're 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 awesome um and last question is uh you know what advice do you have for somebody who may be having their own journey honestly I think this is a Maya Angelou quote. Tell the truth to yourself first and then the children. That really resonated with me when I was over in China because we are now in a world where like artists aren't really facades anymore. Like we don't really have David Bowie's and Kisses and Madonna's and Britney Spears. We don't have these characters. So 
like the artists now are like real people. Yeah. And people can feel when it's authentic and when it's not. Find whatever it is that is you, find that and then like feed and water that because that's what's gonna be what makes you, you. That's what's gonna gravitate people towards you. And like, I remember when I did start letting people in, I mean, everything in my life just started blossoming. My career, my friendships, my family, relationships, all of it. Um, and it's difficult. It's a lot easier said than done. Mm -hmm. But <clears throat> you gotta, at some point, when does your happiness become like your priority? Mm -hmm. And I had to really ask myself that. And it sounds so like stupid when you say it out loud. Like it sounds so hella stupid when you ask yourself, but like, when does your happiness, I, I, I made decisions for my life based upon everything. My mother, my father, my grandfather, the church, being close to family, like everything. And that, that just is no more. And it's such freedom and power in that. Um, and I, I love walking into my newness and I know that whoever is watching this, when they finally make that decision, um, and this is not a coming out, letting people in type of moment either. This is just really like whatever your niche is, yeah. you know, whether, whether you, your niche is doing a podcast or your niche is videography or your niche is showing queer stories through the lens of poems or whatever the case would be, find that niche what of that shit and the rest will follow for sure no i think that's follow. amazing but you please that's tell that's the amazing. truth to yourself first and then the children the children gonna know they gonna the know they're gonna know when you're lying they will that's that's the that's the <laughs> truth for real that's 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 yeah. that's real truth well thank you man uh tell the people where they can find Absolutely. you uh you can find me on instagram and twitter at it's julian king i-t-s-j-u-l-i-n uh i do have that tiktok thing it's it's Julian King with two G's, I T S J U L I N K I N G G. Um, I wouldn't hold your breath on that app, but if you hit me on Instagram and Twitter, I will most likely respond. Yeah, no, awesome. Yeah. Well, thank new you single so coming much. out next Friday. Yes. Bring it back. It'll be available on all DSPs, which is digital streaming platforms. Uh, I'm going to be releasing some visualizers with it every week. So, yeah, stay tuned. Awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Absolutely. Thank you. This is another episode of Queerly Black Show. I'm your host, Ashley. I'll catch y'all on the next one.